Today, Kevin McCarthy drops a big announcement you're not going to want to miss. And things get tense on Capitol Hill as our lawmakers discuss what a woman is. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez and I am joined today by uh, Chad Prather, host of the Chad Prather Show, who's picking food out of his teeth. It's a cookie. <laughs> so, you know things are going to get crazy up in here. Uh, we're also joined by Logan Hall, Blaze Media digital strategist. Thanks for being here today, guys. On, on this momentous day, very momentous day. I actually got done, I was crying for a very long time um, in my dressing room today because I heard the news that this morning, Representative Kevin McCarthy of California, of course, former Speaker of the House until very recently, uh, announced his resignation from his congressional seat after serving for 17 years. He is stepping down at the end of the year. Um, and I want to read you a couple of his quotes in his, he wrote this big opinion piece for the Wall Street Journal in which he announced his retirement. And he said, no matter the odds or personal cost, we did the right thing. That may seem out of fashion in Washington these days, but delivering results for the American people is still celebrated across the country. It is in this spirit that I have decided to depart the House at the end of this year to serve America in new ways. I know my work is only getting started. That's terrifying. He continued, I will recruit, I will continue to recruit our country's best and brightest to run for elected office. The Republican Party is expanding every day, and I am committed to lending my experience to support the next generation of leaders. Um, and upon hearing the news, Matt Gates uh, also tweeted out McLevin, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm sure he, um, you know, I mean, he probably takes a little bit of personal pleasure in this. I don't, though, because, I mean, I'm glad, bye, Kevin, I guess, but like, this is what we're talking about when we talked about George Santos and the Republicans teaming up with the Democrats to expel him. This is the kind of crap we're talking about. You get a very, you already have a slim majority. You cut that majority even, even worse. And then you never know who's going to retire, who's going to, uh, you know, God knows what. But the point is, you have to hold on to your majority whenever you can, whenever you actually get the majority. And here, of course, uh, just as we said would play out, now we have another one bites the dust. Again, good riddance to Kevin McCarthy. But um, I find it fascinating in his uh, in his opinion piece. He's like, I did. I just did everything I could for the American people, which is so not what Washington normally does. Really, you sent all of our money to Ukraine and didn't do jack crap to secure the border, and you want to talk about doing what's right for the American people? I don't think so. So Kevin McCarthy is uh, taking his ball and going home. It's a good analogy, taking the ball and going home. Which, CNN or MSNBC? <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to go MSNBC. I'm going to go CNN. I'm actually wondering if he wants to, like, try to, to work for the RNC, maybe. Maybe so, but it'll be one of those kind of deals where he gets a big fat paycheck. Right. As he... Finds another way to work for the American people. He's just in it for you guys, though. He's in it for the little guy. Don't, don't, what are you talking about, Chad? Yeah. For the, uh, in it for the paycheck? I bet $100. Right or whatever this is. Right there. <laughs>
a crisp Benjamin Franklin. $100. Give it six months. See where Six he shows months. up. Okay. You could also probably go to a think tank. Uh, yeah. People forget how he'll, he'll, he'll Paul Ryan the hell out of this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And do you remember that uh, that book cover? It says "Young Guns: The New Future of the Republican Party." It's Eric Cantor, Kevin McCarthy, and Paul Ryan. Wow. Well, how did that work out? Wow. Right? Uh, <laughs> I wonder if uh, Ukraine needs a new Speaker of the House. He would do great at that. <laughs> he would do really great at that. I actually. would bet you, pull the transcripts, pull the phone records, uh, Paul Ryan called him on the phone and said, Kevin, you don't have to put up with this ish. Mm. Come make a fat paycheck. You can do this. And, and that's exactly what's going to happen. So count your money. I Listen, I'd say back the truck up. That's a good start. We got Santos and McCarthy out all in the same week. It's a good start. Back the truck up. Let the tailgate down and let's load them up and take them all to the landfill. Yep. Get rid of every damn yeah. one of them. There may be three there that I'd want to keep around, maybe. Yeah, you could count them on yeah. one. You could count you, them on one hand. You definitely could. Yeah, I think that you could. Um, it. I don't know. I just. I agree with you that they're all corrupt, and I don't really particularly like any of them except for the handful that I'm sure that we would share an opinion on. But it's just so maddening to watch Republicans squander but, but away told power you. every freaking time they get it. I've said over and over again for the last couple of weeks, <clears throat> the only thing they're doing right now, the Republicans are raising money. That's the only thing they're doing. So when they talk about impeachment and the, and the, the money laundering and all this stuff and, and pushing back against Ukraine, the only thing they're doing effectively right now is raising money. Are people dumb enough to keep giving to the They the are, RNC? because obviously that's what's happening. Never underestimate how good the GOP is it, at scamming people out of money. That's exactly that's right. True. That's exactly right. Let me ask you a question. Are people dumb enough to keep Chris Christie in this presidential race? He's in this debate tonight. Apparently. Who in the hell's giving money to that clown? That's a great point. Yeah. How do any of these people continue showing up? How do any of these people yeah. continue to get reelected? I mean, and, and I do want to clarify, like, I'm not saying uh, I think donating to a particular uh, don't donate to Chris Christie, but like donating to a particular candidate. I, I'm not. I understand. That's different. Yes. yes. Donating directly to the RNC is like I would rather just set my money on fire just for the warmth. Yeah, what are what is it going to go towards? Ronna McDaniel's flights and her makeup <laughs> yeah. and everything. I mean, no, thank you. I don't want that. The the, the simple issue here is Republicans, ninety five percent of them in Congress, they are unfit to govern. They have no agenda. They have no vision for the country. They say Kevin McCarthy said we delivered for the American people. What did these guys actually do? I don't know what they did uh, aside from helping foreign countries launder money through uh, defense contractors. Aside from that. I don't see what what all this these historic achievements and re, and things that they delivered on the American people does. Where are they? Mm, I think he he it was a it was a slip he meant to say Ukraine, <laughs> yeah. the Ukrainian people. That's what he meant actually. Um, I want to play this uh, a little bit of this cringeworthy video of McCarthy. You know, because could, it couldn't just be an, an an opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal. It had to be tweets yes. and videos and all, all you, he wanted to make sure you didn't miss that he is very important and he is leaving his important place to do something more important because he is, again, very important. Here is Kevin McCarthy. 17 years ago, I was elected to a seat in Congress that I couldn't get an internship for. Today, I sit here having served as your whip leader and as a 55th Speaker of the House. As the son of a firefighter from Bakersfield, my story plan, is the story of America. For me, every moment came with a great deal of devotion and responsibility. Giving my best to all of you has been my greatest honor. Oh my 
I'm proud of what we have accomplished. We won a House majority twice. And what did you we do with it? More Republican we raised women, money, veterans and minorities to Congress than ever before. We reduced the deficit by over $2 trillion while protecting the full faith and credit of our nation. We kept our government <laughs> operating and our troops paid while wars broke out around the world. Oh, yeah. Traveling the what? country and serving with all of you, I have encountered far more people that want to build something than those who want to tear it down. I have faith in this country. Oh my gosh. Because America is more than a country. Nope, I'm done. America. Thanks. Nope, done. Done. Enough of that. Done. I was fixing to hit my piano climax. I'm sorry. You, <laughs> you were doing really well on the piano. He's going to Fox News. <laughs> probably right. Yeah, that's He's probably going true. to Fox News. I mean, we were being facetious earlier with CNN and MSNBC. He's going to Fox News. I mean, which is. Honestly, these days, very similar to CNN and yeah, MSNBC. Yeah, it's not that so. there's not that much of a difference between yeah. those three. Actually, uh, people, you know, they that Fox's business model relies on them kind of pretending that they're different than CNN and MSNBC, yeah. but they're not. They're absolutely not. Um, Logan, I did want to ask. I you you look like you're wearing the Ukrainian flag today. I I it was unintentional. I do not stand with Zelensky. <laughs> you're I don't not want supporting any, Kevin. I don't want McCarthy. any money la more money laundering to Ukraine <laughs> oligarchs. I. This is not, it was completely unintentional. I'm sorry. Um, uh, all right. <laughs> I want to play one more clip here, just since we're having fun with it. Adam Schiff uh, sharing his mm -hmm. thoughts on his ex page on McCarthy Watch. I, I spoke to my father, uh, you'll appreciate this, um, recently, <laughs> and he asked me what I thought of Kevin McCarthy. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't know if I'm allowed to use salty language here or not, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, I, I, try to, I try to keep it clean with my dad, and I say, well, dad, honestly, I don't think that highly of him. I think he's a bad egg. And uh, my father says, well, then, as my grandmother used to say, f*** you. <laughs> and uh, I said, dad, I don't think that's what grandmother used to say. And he said, he said no, but it was strongly implied. Wow. I actually look. This may this is a maybe a controversial opinion. I appreciate that. I do. I appreciate that. That is what they think of us. Yep. They're being open and honest about it. And I I hope that Republicans take that as a learning moment. That it like it doesn't matter. There's no there's no bipartisanship at the end of the day. The Democrats will vote with you because it's strategic every single time. They're not voting with you because they like you or they want to get along with you. It's always strategic to get what they want. And at the end of the day, when you retire and try to retire in dignity, which Kevin McCarthy, I'm again, no fan of him. Uh, but when you do that, the left will still turn around and make fun of you. You know That's how, what they think you know of you. You know how Adam Schiff's grandmother made money through the Great Depression? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly a California whore. Wow. Allegedly. Allegedly. Wow. Wild of true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Where do you think that pencil neck comes from? <laughs> that penis head. I'm going to stop. Probably best. I'm gonna stop. Oh, I thought we were being. I thought we were all being cool and off the. You know. No, that was being, just Adam. That was just naughty. Adam Schiff. That I was just we Adam Schiff. Doing that. That do you know that reminds me of whenever um, 
He's a bad egg. Whenever Robert Francis O'Rourke uh, would go on television and be like super excited to curse. Yeah. He's like, when Trump said those whole countries and he was like, I just said that on yeah. national television. And everybody would kind of cheer for him. Yeah. Because he's so that. Left is really only like their whole ideology just revolves around saying the F word in public and being not classy. That's yeah, what that's Rashida it, Tlaib. It's really she what like, we're going to We're going to impeach them, Emmer Effer. Yep. Yeah. So brave. It's really stunning and brave that leftists will go in public <laughs> and say the drop the F bomb. Wow. That's true truly revolutionary. In front of in front of children. Yeah. And while they're dancing provocatively in front of them, yeah. uh, saying all sorts of sexually explicit lyrics. Very, very stunning and brave. Um, all right, we gotta take a quick break. We'll be back uh, with more, but we wanna thank our sponsor, Raycon. So um, look, I holidays are very stressful for me, and so you will find me a lot of the time. I'm running around uh, trying to get you know presents situated, and I put my Raycons in, and it just it gives me just a, just a little bit more peace than I need. Tequila helps also, but Raycons are, um, they are premium premium audio. You can get the wireless earbuds. They've got the big headphones if you're into that. They've got all sorts of different products for you, but you're not going to be paying uh, the premium price that you pay with some of their competitors. I'm not here to name names. I'm just here to tell you. I hear stories all the freaking time. There, People are spending an arm and a leg on their uh, earbuds. You're going to get, by the way, the same quality, but then like people, are lo they lose them, their dog chews them up, whatever, and they're like, oh my gosh, I just wasted how much money. Don't do that. Use Raycon. You're going to get, like I said, uh, the quality is better, plus you have things like a 32-hour battery life. It's going to fit perfectly in your ear. It comes with like these different size uh, gel tips to add to the earbuds so that you know that you are getting the perfect fit for you. I do all sorts of workouts with my Raycons in and they don't budge. I'm doing like burpees and I hate my life when I'm doing them, but my earbuds do stay in. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? Anyway, you got to go there. It is uh, buyraycon.com to get 15% off your entire order. So I'm telling you last minute gifts, this is going to be what you need. They've got all sorts of colors as well. Um, I have the pink and the black. Look, my kids keep stealing them, so I have to keep buying more. But you can go to buyraycon, B-U-Y-Raycon.com slash Y to get 15% off. Yesterday, the House Oversight uh, Committee held a hearing on the importance of protecting female athletics and uh, Title IX, and they had a bunch of witnesses who came and spoke uh, about their experiences, uh, one of whom was Riley Gaines, who I'll play in just a moment here. But um, the Biden administration has been seeking for a while to alter, uh, by, to alter the title by redefining sex discrimination to include uh, disparate treatment on the basis of gender identity, which obviously will just eliminate women's only sports as we know it. Like it just will cease to exist um, because as we have seen happen, uh, males who are not good in their own sports competing against males will just choose to infiltrate women's sports because they're weak. And so they it just it's fascinating to me because we're actually in 2023 talking about uh, lawmakers. I mean, Capitol Hill, we used to think of it as just this really important um, place where all of these smart people came together and talked about really 
important things. I mean, you should think of it that way. Now it's just the place where, uh, you know, we go to determine like whether or not men and women are the same, whether or not uh, men can get pregnant and all of these other bonkers, crazy theories that obviously are not true. Yet somehow the lawmaker, the, the people who are in charge of making our laws are actually just sitting there arguing about it. So I want to play Riley Gaines, who, again, was one of the witnesses uh, giving testimony here. And I want to play her exchange with Democrat Representative Summer Lee of Pennsylvania, who had absolutely no problem insulting Riley. But when the tables were turned, she got real uppity about it real quick. Watch. Although the title of this hearing implies a much needed discussion, we're likely going to be forced to listen to transphobic bigotry. Unsafe, unfair, and discriminatory practices towards women must stop. Inclusion cannot be prioritized over safety and fairness. And Ranking Member Lee, if my testimony makes me transphobic, then I believe your opening monologue makes you a misogynist. Thank you. I have, as the saying goes. Uh, Madam Chair, excuse me, I move to have uh, the gentlewoman's words taken down. Madam Chair, she's engaging in personalities. <laughs> Can I just ask how it's fair to be called transphobic? There's a thing. I would say men disguising themselves as women are engaging in personalities. Order. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, I move oh to withdraw the point of order. This is this is the state of uh, Congress. Absolute state of Congress. The absolute yes. state of Congress. These people have the IQ on level with the thermostat. Yes. <laughs> we're I only mean, we're only sending our best and brightest folks, really. Right. I mean, I think that's a pretty good argument against democracy. Is that a lot of these people are supposed to like hold <laughs> positions of power of, over us? Like, uh, well, is, this is ridiculous. But. The, the problem here for the right, like the Riley Gaines repeating like transphobic, every time that you even get dignify those terms, you are buying into the left's frame because they own that space. There's no such thing as transphobia, just like there's no such thing as trans transgender people. It's just not a thing. So you have to reject it root and stem. You can't be like, how am I being transphobic? No, you have to say, I, yes, I, I do not acknowledge that transgender people exist. You're a liar. And you're a fraud, right? And that's all. You, that's that's it. I mean, if you, as soon as you buy into it, you you're buying into their frame, and then they own the conversation. I I couldn't agree with you more. Well, like I keep point. saying, I'm not I'm not phobic. I'm intolerant. Based, yes. <laughs> I, I don't give a damn yeah. about how you identify with your gender. That's your illness. That's your walk. Your thing. You, but the fact that uh, Summer Lee, mm-hmm. and her name yeah. Summer condescends and says, I want that struck from the record because how dare you engage in personalities <laughs> and, and call me that when she just did it. But to think that she is on a level higher right. yeah. than the people who are testifying because I'm, I'm an austere congresswoman. This, right. isn't a, this is an august body here that you need to respect. You're not august. You're not even serious. You're disingenuous at this point. Yeah. I'd go so far as to say you're probably illegitimate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, go ahead. I, I would also say I, I think um, what we do here is we approach this issue entirely the wrong way. When Republicans say we need to protect women's sports be, to, from this trans to fight transgenderism, I think that's the wrong approach. Transgenderism is a phenomenon that emerged entirely from the radical feminist movement, from mm-hmm. liberal female women, mm-hmm. liberal female uh, activists and 
the correct solution in my mind is not to say, oh, we need to protect women's sports to fight transgenderism. I think what you have to properly fight it, I think you have to empower masculinity. Mm. That's just my two cents. I like that. Yes. I like that. Well, I also, I mean, going back to your point about um, trans, transgenderism, like why, why are we even using the words because yeah. it's not a thing. I agree with you. And, um, but I want to, I want to uh, clarify something too that, you know, you said trans people don't exist. Which it's like I I agree with you, but like I want to make sure like the person like I see the person in front of me, right? Like I know the person exists. Yes. I just disagree with your premise that someone can just change genders. It's just not true. Yep. So it's just you know I mean Michael Knowles was so right when he he went up there. I forget what what was a CPAC when he went up there and gave the speech and yeah, everyone to took totally him out of context. Yes, he yeah. said, then they took him out of context and said, he wants trans people to die. Well, no, because if we are saying what we all know is true, which is transgender uh, people, like the trans is not a thing. You can't do it. It's not true. These people are confused. They're mentally ill. We should get them help. Then why are we saying, well, we should allow protection for children to make sure that they don't get their genitals removed, but somehow we don't extend that same line in the sand for adults? I think it's a, like, it's a valid point. It's just like if trans is not true, then trans is not true all the way around. You don't get to pick and choose when it's true. If it's still not true, then why are we why are we letting someone with mental illness make decisions, irreversible decisions about their bodies? I mean, I've had numerous conversations with adult women, and I said, "Why did you and him break up? He doesn't know what he's doing with his life. You're date phobic. Yeah. <laughs> You're relationship phobic. Yeah. He doesn't know who he is. He can't get his career nailed down. His credit score sucks. Right. He's struggling with all these things. Again, we talk about how people don't. I've said it over and over again. There's been studies out there that that people in the age of social media specifically, so the last however, let's say 20 years, in the age of social media, people are changing careers seven times by the age of 35 because they've got so much being thrown at them. There's so many different trends, so many things that are, I mean, listen, name the trends we've known in our lifetime. You've had goth, you've had punk, you've had furry, you've had emo, emu, I don't know. I don't know what any of it is. And now you've got this transgender thing that's going on where people are all trying to find their identities. Young people are always trying to do that. It's That's an age-old struggle to trying to figure it out because, again, we've got parents who fail to instill that type of identity in them. And so we've, we've got tons of adults out there that struggle with their identity and their career choices. And what are they going to do? Well, Chad, this is different because this is gender. Well, according to you, gender is a construct. Mm. I mean, if you can't deal with something concrete like a credit score and a career, how, how am I supposed to deal with your construct? Yeah. I mean, I'm laying down wisdom that none of y'all are picking up because this is some deep stuff I'm pouring out right here. <laughs> Nobody knows exactly who they are. And we say, you know what? You got to find yourself. OK, well, go find yourself. But don't cut your balls off to do it. I feel like that's a reasonable request. I do feel like that's reasonable. Like, listen, don't don't let's like I don't go get that face tattoo because you're thinking of jo joining a biker gang. Let's just think through this for a minute. Yeah. Let's just chill on that idea. I know you're all hopped up on passion and diesel fuel, but just give it a second yeah. before we start cutting nuts off. Right, right. Which I feel like, to your point, Logan, and then I want to play AOC here, uh, to your point, if we would just empower masculinity a little bit more, maybe men would be more appreciative of their balls and not want to chop them off. I love my balls. Yes, agreed. And I think not every healthy man does. And the thing is, they're not necessarily lovable. <laughs> But, you, but they're mine. Listen, I have two boys. I know for a fact you guys love that stuff from day one. <laughs> I am aware. 
Okay, that's all I'm going to say. Busted. <laughs> I want to play uh, our favorite, <laughs> Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, in this hearing, and it was it went about as stupid as you Speaking would expect. Now, I've spent a um, decent amount of my time here in Congress sitting through panels and hearings of men attempting to restrict the rights of women and telling us that it's for our own good. Um, what is a woman? But I want to dive a little bit more deeply into why this issue with targeting trans women in sports is particularly problematic, eyes? not just for trans girls, but for all of us. We're here today because there's a proposal here and there are several proposals here uh, to further marginalize trans women in sports. And I think about this all the oh time because God. trans people in the United States mm -hmm. doesn't even exceed 1% of our population. And yet there's so many resources and energy and time dedicated to figuring out how we can more finally exclude them um, from our sports. We're seeing it, here. She literally just spent all that time and she said nothing. Guys, under the guise of yes. not only Yes. trying to further marginalize trans women and girls. We are talking about opening up all women and girls to genital examinations when they are under age. That's right. <laughs> Potentially just because someone can point to someone and say, I don't think you're a girl. That's correct. And we're saying no, this it's... in an environment okay. of a post-Dobbs America. No, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. To borrow a line from Norm MacDonald, uh, it sounds like a bunch of commie gobbledygook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know? she, you like, I envision her as like, she has a list of buzzwords that she knows she wants to use. And sh she just, you can see the wheels turning of like how she throws all of them in Which, at any particular time. They use this list of vocabulary because it picks up the algorithm. And it yes. boosts where they're going with this stuff. So they have to, it's like, okay, let's write a song with these 10 words. Right. How can I fit all of them in? It's like a and challenge. how many times can I say them? Like, guys was her SAT word that she used, I think. <laughs> Under the guys. Yeah. The guys. I'm like, okay. That's probably the Sort of like, sort of like bartenders that. that operate under the guise of congressmen. Ooh. So here's my thing. When my children were in the womb... And they, we had ultrasounds. You know what we did? We examined their genitals. Mm. We wanted to see if there was a hot dog or a cheeseburger. Mm -hmm. When they were born, the first thing we looked is to see if the ultrasound was right. Was it a hot dog or a cheeseburger? Mm -hmm. And we knew based on that if it was a boy or a girl. They were underage at the time. I know that's shocking to people like AOC. And then they went so far as to issue a thing called a birth certificate that had an M or an F wow. on there. Mm. Now, whereas... Um, we have a Supreme Court justice who, during her hearing, was not able to define what a woman was, quote, because she's not a biologist. I will remind everybody that for 10 years I had a passport that said I was from New Mexico. I'm not. And it also said I was a female. I literally traveled all over the world with a passport that said I was a female. I was not. But when I went to TSA to try to get a TSA pre-check deal so that I could go through the airport security without taking my shoes off, they said, we can't issue this to you because this says you're a female. I said, well, who says I'm not? They said, we say you're not. And I said, let me show you my genitals. And they weren't down for that. Really? I'm shocked. <laughs> they weren't down Surprise. for that. Surprise. I, <laughs> I wasn't a minor. But then again, I've been trying to show my genitals to people for a long time. That is true. 
but I don't have anything aggressive down there. Like I'm not a threat to the Me Too movement or anything like that. It's standard issue, mediocre Caucasian. And I'm sure people can appreciate that honesty and that, uh, that I'm under the guise of vulnerability right now. So on that note, I think it's time to say bye to Chad. Sorry, okay, Logan, you're going with him. We're going to introduce all new guests when we come back. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Birch Gold, so you can diversify your savings with physical precious metals. Uh, you can stockpile silver in your safe. I do it. I literally have silver stockpiled in my safe right now, and I did it with Birch Gold, and they've got the most popular special of the year going on right now through December 22nd. For every 5000 you spend with Birch Gold, they're going to send you a one-ounce silver eagle coin for free. You can text the word Y to 989898 to claim your eligibility. Um, and when you purchase it, you can have it shipped directly to your home or you can have their precious metal specialist help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax sheltered IRA in gold for no money out of pocket. And they're still going to send you that free silver for every 5,000 you purchase. So keep it for yourself. Give it, you know, in a stocking stuffer this year to one of your kids. Uh, but the point is, make sure that you take advantage of this special. You can do that by texting the word Y to 9898. All right, I got rid of those men over there, these messy men talking about all all the things that I know we're not going to talk about in this segment. Uh, I want to introduce to you a member of the European Parliament. She is an elected official representing Germany in the European Parliament. This is Christine Anderson. Thank you for being here. Well, thanks for having me. You look lovely. She is joined by the co-author of uh, Courage to Face COVID-19, John Leake. And of course, you wrote this book with Dr. Peter McCullough, who is a good friend of the program. So thank you for being here as well. Thanks for having me. Um, and so you are in town for, tell, what, are, what, are, what are you here for? What brings you all the way to Dallas, Texas? Well, um, it actually was a, was a tour in Canada. So I flew out uh, on November 25th, had a couple of events in, in Canada. Uh, so it was uh, uh, Vancouver, uh, Winnipeg, and then Ottawa. And uh, then I came down to uh, New York City uh, because I have been honored. Uh, I was received an award, uh, Most Courageous International Leader wow. of 2023. And uh, to be quite frank, I have no idea <laughs> why I'm even here and, and how this even happened. Because the only thing I ever did was, you know, just to do my job, which is to uh, serve in the best interest of the people and to act on their behalf. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. And you've been doing this since, what is it, 2019? Yes, I was so, elected in 2019. So right. you've been handling this whole, this navigating this process during what was the craziest time in yeah. all of our lives. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> just to see uh, how easy it was for them, you know, to tear down our, the very foundation of our democracies, turning fundamental rights into privileges that the government can grant or withhold, depending on how you behave. Um, that was quite uh, astonishing to see. Mm -hmm. And just to think, it, it didn't even take them that long. It was, like, it was not even a year. And society, once again, once again, was ready to harass people and pop public transportation for not wearing a mask and rat out neighbors uh, for having more people at the dinner table than they were supposed to, to lock down people. And uh, yeah, that really sent shivers down my spine, I really have to tell you. Um, because uh, like I said, my country, we have experienced really dark times and uh, we've been there and done that. And I thought we would never see any of that again. 
Yeah. But here we are. Yeah. Uh, John, you wrote a book about COVID-19. I, I did, and, and there's another, another point of contact here. I, just before 2020, I was living in Vienna, Austria, Austria being the southern German-speaking neighbor of Germany. Mm -hmm. And I had a long interest in, in Germany and Austria. They were, in an ill-fated way, joined in 1938. And I had much the same perception that Christina did. I wondered, and I actually posted about this in social media, why have the Germans apparently learned nothing mm -hmm. yeah. from the lessons between 38 and 45? Mm -hmm. And so we discovered that we have the very similar perception of, of this social and political dynamic that happens, can happen, and will probably happen again when you have yeah. extreme fear being propagated mm -hmm. and then state-sponsored propaganda that is being further propagated by the media, mm -hmm. which is supposed to be critically reflecting exactly. on it and questioning it. But as we saw, both in Germany and in the United States, the mainstream media was completely on board. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I um, so I, I want to. You mentioned, you know, obviously you're from Germany, so it really hits home to you to be talking about, you know, like you said, ratting on people for having too many, you know, members at the dinner table, things of that nature. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this. So. Um, at the time, there was an Ohio representative, uh, Warren Davidson, who came under fire for tweeting, uh, comparing vaccine passports with the health pass that Nazi officials required, uh, among other documents, of course, for citizens to carry around with them. Um, what, does that, was he far off the mark there? No, he absolutely was not, because that's exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. And we really are seeing this absurdity now that... Um, I mean, the entire world seems to be on board with uh, the promise never again. Mm -hmm. And uh, but how are we supposed to live up to that promise if we are not allowed to point out the, the very incremental steps that were taken back then? Right. Um, I mean, the Nazis came to power in 33, but the Nazis did not start out by rounding up people and transporting them off to camps. Mm. That happened. That was the end point. Right. So these incremental steps. And if I were to point out and, you know, show the parallels of what, what is happening now, then I'm immediately being accused of tri trivializing the Holocaust, mm -hmm. which is uh, an offense uh, punishable by law, and it could land me in jail. Yeah. But once again, how are we supposed to live up to the promise of never again if we are not allowed to teach the next generation? Okay, okay this is what happened back then, and, you know, Sounds familiar what they're doing right now. So we should be, you know, right. have been taking a look at that and maybe we should stop it right now. It's completely absurd what's going on. So, no, he was he was ab absolutely right, because that's exactly what the Nazis did. It was all about hygiene. You know, it was apparently the Jews were spreading diseases mm -hmm. and that that was it was the Nazis used to have the segregation and, yeah. you know. Didn't we see that in the last three years? Yeah. We saw that. Yeah, we did. I, I think that, that what puzzles the public, people have this idea that a totalitarian system, such as we had in, in Germany in, in the 30s and 40s, just suddenly announces itself, a full-blown exactly. dictatorship, right. you know, with right. marching soldiers and Gestapo right. officers running around with dogs and stuff. It doesn't emerge and manifest 
in a full-blown, just out of nowhere. It's not like Zeus throwing a lightning bolt and suddenly there it is. It's incremental. Mm -hmm. And of course it's being presented with a, with a, a, and a packaging of altruism. Well, you know, we're here to protect you. We're all in this together. That's yeah. an old fascist motto, slogan, by the way. Yeah. We're all in this together. We're all in this boxcar together. Right. Um, so it's important, I, I would say, first and foremost, f for everyone, whether they be residents or citizens of Germany or the United States or anywhere else, the first thing that we have to get really alarmed about is censorship. Mm -hmm. yes. mm -hmm. Because that's, that's the forbidden fruit. Once you say some censorship is okay, then you're on a very slippery slope. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And in fact, let's let's go ahead. We got to take a quick break really fast. And then when we come back, I want to I want to dig a little bit more into that because I want to hear from um, from both of you. But um, in particular, you know, we say in the United States that certain things start to happen over in Europe and then it kind of trickles down to the United States. I'm not sure that it's a trickle down within, you know, five, 10 years. I think it's all happening at a much more accelerated rate. So I want to get into that after the break. First, we want to thank our sponsor, uh, Chamonix. So uh, it's Christmas, it's holiday season, and now is a time if you have a, I don't know, a lovely lady in your life who, you know, she's not going to get mad at you, okay? We like getting compliments and we like to receive things that make us look younger. That's just the deal, all right? And so I'm telling you, now until Christmas, Genucel has their most popular package. It's better than 70% off over at Genucel.com. Uh, they've got their immediate effects that I use, and you put it under your eyes, and the name actually is very, uh, it's, it's perfect for it because you literally, you put it on and you feel it actually, it has this cooling sensation and you can see it tighten up your skin right in front of your eyes. And they have a guarantee that you will see results or your money back. So uh, included in every most popular package, you're gonna get a free hyaluronic acid serum for skin hydration that really, really works. And you're gonna need it during these cold months. You can go to genucel.com slash Y, enter the promo code Y for an additional 10% off. That is genucel, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Y. So it's interesting because, you know, we talk about, uh, you mentioned censorship, and I think that it's a, a big problem plaguing not just Germany, but the United States um, for a variety of reasons. But it seems to me that our governments really don't want us to know uh, about maybe the dangers of what you're talking about um, with the Nazis, about maybe the dangers of communism, of fascism, of things of that nature, of green energy. Um, it seems to me like our leaders are really nervous that we're going to start actually uh, putting these pieces together and learning that all of this is very wrong right now. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And, you know, that seems to be the thing right now. So under the pretext of, you know, wanting to save the planet and it's about your health and, you know, we need to break some waves and all of that, they're introducing really illiberal uh, uh, measures. They're undermining freedom, democracy and the rule of law. They're removing the democratic process further and further away from the people. Now we're talking about granting WHO governing powers, right? We never elected these people in, in WHO. We no way that we could help hold them accountable. So, but it's all, you know, this, this nice thing going on. Oh, we want to be respectful. And, you know, hate speech, of course, is really dreadful. So we don't <laughs> want this. But what does that actually mean? Mm -hmm. It means silencing people, right? So that's what we're talking about. And uh, it, it's really, um, yeah, scary to see how this is happening in every single Western democracy right now. Mm -hmm. 
And this is like my biggest fear. There isn't going to be anyone to come and bail us out. It is actually up to the people. We have to fight this and the people need to wisen up to whatever illiberal agenda they're pushing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the liberal agenda, I mean, really, it is so dangerous right now. You talk about this green energy cult and how bad it's been. Uh, energy prices up 28 percent since February 2022. Natural gas up 39 percent. Electricity up 27 percent. Pork, by the way, up 59 percent. I mean, it just the list goes on. It's devastating. Yeah, it, it seems like um, the the strategy is to always invoke this fear that the world is ending. Uh, you know, there's a pandemic. There's nothing we can do about it but wait at home and wait for a vaccine. Now we have climate change. Soon we'll all the cities will all be right. submerged. We'll all, there's nothing that we can do but tr entrust the government and its cronies and, and green uh, energy industries mm -hmm. to save us all. And so you'll notice there's invoke an emergency. This requires extending state power right. and then extending state credit, state financing uh, in order to transfer wealth to whoever is positioned to benefit <clears throat> from this, this green energy revolution. Mm -hmm. So that, I think that's what the citizenry needs to look at. You know, beware of bureaucrats saying the world is ending, trust us, we're just gonna give a few trillion to our friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think America should learn from Germany? Maybe it's Germany's mistakes throughout COVID, um, but what, do you, what, what can we learn from what you have had a firsthand view well, of? <clears throat> the first thing I, I really would like for all the peoples around the world to just realize democracy did not just happen on one fine day. You know, boom, there it was, fell out of the blue sky or something. No, it, it had to be wrestled from the former elites. And our fathers and forefathers literally spilled their blood mm -hmm. to wrestle it from them. And what it actually takes, it takes defending on an everyday basis. And we are now actually at a point where defending is no longer sufficient. Right. We actually have to, you know, wrestle it back to some extent. And people really need to understand uh, it's not a God given. Uh, we have to fight for it. We have to, you know, really defend it. And uh, we always need to question whatever our government is telling us. You always look for ulterior motives mm -hmm. and you always ask cui bono, who benefits? Mm -hmm. And the people are definitely not the ones benefiting from this right now. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just like, you know, if you sleep in a democracy, you will have a very rude awakening in a tyranny, a very rude awakening. Yeah. Um, will you guys, I've got a little bit more left here after the break. Will you guys hang out? Sure. Okay. Sure. All right. Great. We'll be right back. Okay, before we go, how is Klaus Schwab viewed by, by Germans? Like I tell you how I see him. I mean, you know, there he is. I mean, he hasn't even put up an effort to get rid of his ridiculous accent. <laughs> it sounds so stupid. Seriously. Uh, no, but, uh, you know, people always ask me about him. But, you know, Klaus Schwab, he is not the one calling the shots. He is not the one pulling the strings. Yeah. He's just the idiot putting his face in the camera mm -hmm. and pushing all of these illiberal agendas, right, uh, in the, for the greater good and all of that. But um, I, I, I feel embarrassed just seeing him. Oh, yeah. 
I think you're my people. I think I think Klaus is intentionally doing an imitation of Ernst Stavro Blofeld, the bad guy in the Bond <laughs> film. Be. I, I he must be. He is. He must he's, be. He's made no effort to 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 moderate his. In fact, I think he just makes an effort to make it stronger. Yeah, yeah. I think he does too, yeah. (laughs) He does sound like the perfect uh, cartoon villain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so John, tell everyone where they can find your work. You are a wonderful author. Um, I encourage all of our viewers to follow me. I'm an investigative author. I do true crime as well as investigating these these organized crime stories. Authorjohnleek.com. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you so much for having us. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.